0: Welcome to the New York Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. Each month, we work together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity and all life forms. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyorkatlucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this festival of Aquarius. The exact time of the full moon occurs tomorrow morning at 8.26. We're now working within the full tide of the in energy of the sign. And just a note about our work here in New York. Many of you probably know now that this will be our last full moon meeting held at 120 Wall Street after many years, many years being here. And we're moving back to a previous home of ours at 866 UN Plaza. So um, just wanted to let you all know that. Aquarius is the sign of the world server, carrying the life-giving waters and pouring them out to thirsty humanity. This is the symbolism of this sign, which holds such meaning for our world today. And the importance of this particular full moon is magnified by the fact that tomorrow morning is the time of a total lunar eclipse. And we're told that these eclipse periods, um, there are two that are of most significance in a spiritual year. And this is one of them. And the next one will be at the Leo full moon at the end of July. The energy during the time of an eclipse is intensified, and quite often this manifests in outer events. And this particu- particular eclipse cycle is, I think, particularly significant because it falls in the axis of Leo and Aquarius, and therefore it highlights the signs into which we're rapidly moving, and therefore I believe supports Aquarian influence. It supports the keynotes of Aquarius, brotherhood, freedom, and equality for all people. So let's now begin by taking a moment of silence to link up in consciousness with all individuals and groups throughout the world, followed by a sounding of the mantra of the group of world servers. May the power of the one life pour through the group of all true servers. May the love of the one soul characterize the lives of all who seek to aid the great ones. May we fulfill our part in the one work through self-forgetfulness, Harmlessness and right speech. It's helpful to reflect upon the words of this mantra, which is used by many people throughout the world each day at 5 PM. For these words can serve to align us with the goal of service, of playing our part, a central quality of Aquarius. And when we look around the world at this time, we can see how powerfully this import pouring energy is affecting our planet for everywhere there are groups springing up in response to the need as they understand it. The preceding sign of Capricorn highlighted the spiritual group and its symbol of the mountain goat. In this sign, that goat faces the challenge of coming down from the mountain top. And anyone who has ever watched these goats descending the sheer cliffs knows this journey is often more treacherous than was the ascent. And these difficulties in descending from a mountain are testified by the many climbers who die each year while coming down from Mount Everest. Part of the challenge might relate to the exhilaration of the heights, the symbolic taking in of that touch of Shambhala which occurs when one reaches the mountain top, that can result then in a loss of one's footing on the descent into the valleys. This is the challenge of Aquarius. Aquarian group service is manifesting all around us, as I said. And this time, it's working in groups, large and small, who are awakening to the potential to effect change in the world. For Aquarius is a sign related to the center humanity, to the people, to the 99%. This tide of evolution is in support of their efforts. For the old thought form of control by the privileged few is waning within our world, being replaced by calls for justice, for the amelioration of conditions, for equality and freedom for fairness and sharing. The forces of evolution are supporting these voices. This Aquarian influence can be seen in such movements as Me Too and Time's Up, groups speaking out in support of women and their rights. It can also be seen in Black Lives Matter movement, highlighting the horrors of police brutality against people of color as well as all forms of racial injustice. This Aquarian impulse underlies the demands to stem the tide of modern slavery perpetrated through corporate outsourcing in developing nations. And we can also see this Aquarian energy demonstrating in groups such as ICANN, the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons, the 2017 recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. And above all, we can see Aquarian idealism being grounded into effective action upon the physical plane through the development and implementation of such wide-ranging and visionary platforms as the Sustainable Development Goals and the Paris Climate Accord, framed by the United Nations to bring about a more just and sustainable world for all people. But humanity is not alone in moving our planet into the light. There are a number of special alignments within the heavens that are supporting this present shift. There is, for one, the combination of the incoming of the seventh ray coupled with that of Aquarius, a situation, we're told, which has occurred some six times in the past one million years or so, not very frequently. Aquarius and the seventh ray work particularly well together, for they are both of the same nature. Another powerful and conditioning energy today is the fact that Aquarius rules in the cycle of both what's called the lesser zodiac, a 2,500-year cycle, as well as in what's called the greater zodiac, which is a 25,000-year cycle. And so this combination only happens once every 250,000 years. And it's said that the combination of these alignments leads at this time to the illumination of consciousness and creates those conditions wherein the light supernal, the light from Shambhala, can be known. This period of shifting into the Aquarian Age has also been powerfully supported by the three most recent Shambhala impacts, one in 1945, the second in 1975, and the third and most recent in the year 2000. These events have powerfully impacted humanity's mental body with the energy of the will. And this triple impact has never before occurred in the history of our planet and its effects will be working out for centuries or more likely millennia to come. The illumination of consciousness, the other result of these inpouring energies, is not something to be sought after, but rather it is the natural outcome of sustained spiritual practice and dedication to a life of service. The disciple knows because he works. Illumination comes as a result of doing this work. As the Tibetan wrote, illumination is inevitable but incidental. It manifests as a result of the head and heart vibrating in unison, merging their corresponding energy fields. The dawning of any new age naturally brings in an influx of those souls who resonate with the new energies, as well as the passing out of those souls who are governed by the outgoing energies. So now the seventh ray souls are in the ascendancy. And many of the changes in our world today, changes that are precipitating very rapidly at this time, are the result of these seventh ray souls and the changes they came to manifest in the world. To them is given the task of creating more pliable forms, forms to house the incoming light. The seventh-ray worker, we're told, anchors the will, for it is the place where the highest and the lowest meet. The creation of these new forms will call for experimentation it's obvious, therefore, that a certain reservation of judgment is necessary in relation to new ways of working. Flexibility of approach is needed, for each ray works differently according to its own vision, and this vision might not be understood by those vibrating to another note. It's said that to the seventh ray soul is given the task of organizing the activities of the new era and of ending the old methods of life and the old crystallized attitudes to life, to death, to leisure, and to the population. So it's not only a change in forms that these souls will usher in, but also, and more importantly, changes in attitude to the whole structure and underlying assumptions of the way we live our lives and the values that condition us. The incoming Aquarian and seventh ray influences are being focalized through the planet Uranus, for it rules both of them. One of the symbols of Uranus is lightning, and this is similar to the symbol of Aquarius itself. Lightning seems an incredibly apt symbol for this time, for through its means the will of God strikes the Earth. Uranus governs in Aquarius powerfully, for it rules exoterically as well as hierarchically, bringing its influence to bear both upon the average individual, but also upon the masses of humanity and also upon the initiates. Humanity was first discovered in 1781. It was the first planet discovered that was invisible to the naked eye and needed the development of the telescope in order to be seen. From the start, therefore, Uranus became associated with inventions and technological discoveries. All of the outer planets are related to a more collective, transpersonal influence. And as a new planet is discovered, It is an outer sign that new areas of consciousness are being birthed within the human mind. It was interesting to note, therefore, that as the Aquarian age began to cycle into manifestation, it revealed this new ruling planet. Uranus then replaced Saturn, which had ruled Aquarius since antiquity. When a new planet emerges, as the ruler of a sign, the purpose of that sign deepens as its energies become filtered by a new and more appropriate ray and planetary influence that allows for more of its true nature to come into manifestation. This deepening of importing zodiacal and ray energies also happened in the case of Pisces when the planet Neptune was discovered and more recently in the sign of Scorpio with the discovery of Pluto. It's said that the quality of any planet reveals itself in the activities that were going on in the world at the time of its discoveries. 1781 was a time of revolutionary movements in America, in France, and also in the workplace with the onset of the Industrial Revolution. This revolutionary activity is active at this time, substanding many of the groups active on the physical plane. But also, and perhaps more importantly, Uranus is the planet of the occult, the revealer of the sacred mysteries. And you might say that the path itself brings in Uranian influence. In certain respects, Uranus rules that path. For it's said to lead the soul to the burning ground. It said the will to be and to know simultaneously on all planes of manifestation is the governing quality of Uranus. It fosters the urge to better conditions and aids in the shift from the intellect to the intuition. And as we move into this age, we're we can foresee that the scientific community will increasingly become open and receptive to investigating these unseen worlds and the causes' substanding outer effects. Then the scientific community's domination by concrete thinking will give way to a new, more illumined consciousness. Because Uranus is so important in the incoming of this new age, it's helpful to study its movements in the heavens. Uranus has a seven-year cycle of moving from one sign to another in the zodiacal wheel. And these seven-year cycles correspond to one of the rhythms of the soul itself, both within the life of an individual as well as within the life of the collective. We can see this seven-year influence working out in the seven-year cycle of the festival week of the group of world servers, for example. And because Uranus is so central to this new age, as it passes through the different signs of the zodiac, it highlights the issues related to that sign and its affairs. This spring, Uranus moves into the sign of Taurus, and consequently into an association with the second house. Taurus rules, we're told, the entire group of world servers, and so this would seem to be a highly significant shift for that group, bringing it under a more concentrated seventh ray and Aquarian influence. Exoterically, it might be said that Uranus' passage into Taurus could relate to sudden shifts within the financial world, with all the challenges this could pose. Another one of the results could be a substantial increase in the movement towards the use of digital and cryptocurrencies. The bridging between technology and finance in new and dynamic ways is of the nature of this Taurus-Uranus combination. The Tibetan relates this idea of losses and gains to a withdrawal from matter, on the one hand, and also to the acquisition of spiritual powers on the other. So perhaps this upcoming cycle will see some movement related to death on some level or another, but also it can relate to a movement towards valuing a new type of culture, a culture that places the focus on that which is lasting. They will perhaps contribute therefore to the death of that preoccupation with the material and the temporal. This Torian influence will surely spur a deepening recognition among people everywhere of the fundamental economic injustice playing out in our world at this time. Uranus will stay in Taurus through the year 2026, therefore governing this final period of the 60 years of the stage of the forerunner wherein humanity is charged with preparing the world for the externalization of the hierarchy and the subsequent reappearance of the world teacher. The primary task ahead of the group is the implementation of the principle of sharing. We cannot therefore underestimate the importance of this closing cycle of this stage, wherein a tremendous push is on. But Aquarius's primary influence at this time is to aid the influx of the life-giving energy of Shambhala to pour into the spiritual hierarchy. Its influence lies in building a lighted bridge within consciousness between the planetary head and the planetary heart centers. This is the bridging work that is being aided by the group of world servers everywhere as they learn to stand upon the periphery of the great ashram. This bridging work will enable the server who forges that alignment to move into a recognition of the joy that will be one of the defining characteristics of the new age. This joy as a result of the linking of head and heart is beautifully expressed in a mantra given out by the Tibetan a mantra that will surely increasingly define this new age into which we are moving. It goes like this. Joy settles as a bird within the heart, but has winged its way from the secret place within the head. I am that bird of joy. Therefore, with joy I serve. And it is by cultivating this inner bird of joy that we can look out at the agony and harshness in our world and yet maintain the necessary poise, holding fast to the assurance that beneath all the outer tragedies and challenges lies the underlying soul. As we hold to our spiritual principles, the lower mind will no longer act as an obstacle to the inpouring light, but will become instead a tool of illumination. And through this illumination, light is thrown upon problems large and small, and the way forward opens and becomes clear. Then as an ancient passage states, the magic of the waters works. The individual stands transformed. The lion disappears. And he who bears the water pot stands forth and starts upon his mission. So now as we go into our meditation work, let us use this opportunity of the Aquarius full moon to mobilize our collective thought and call collectively on the spirit of peace, that great 2nd ray influence overshadowing the world teacher, to pour through the heart of the group of world servers and into the heart of humanity to arrest the forces of aggression and war and usher instead a period of peace and equilibrium for all people and all life forms. We work with the full moon approach to the hierarchy, letting in the light. We come together in group fusion, linking with all groups and individuals throughout the world. Alignment, project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And then we extend the alignment of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. interlude, hold the contemplative mind open to the extra-planetary energy streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy, using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers gradually coming into alignment. Meditation upon the seed thought, water of life am I poured forth for thirsty men. Precipitation, using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light and love and the will to good pouring throughout the planet, becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Sound together the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. Distribution. Sounding the great invocation. Visualizing the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. into the hearts of men may Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you everyone, and just a reminder that tomorrow morning at 8.26 is the exact time of the full moon, and you're all encouraged to link up at that time with the worldwide group. And there will be no new moon meeting this month because we're going to be uh, adjusting to our new office space, and the next full moon meeting I believe is on March 1st, so we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you. Thank you for your participation in this group service. Please join us again next month. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyorkatlucistrust.org.